This is episode 592 of the AWS podcast, released on June 5th, 2023. Here at the AWS podcast, we really do love to get your feedback. One place you can do it is off the podcast page where there's a button that says submit questions and feedback, and you can record audio and send it to us which is pretty cool. We do love to listen to it. We love to share it when you give us permission to as well. Please give it a go. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the official AWS podcast. We got some awesome updates with Amazon File Cache, which is a recently introduced high-speed cache for NFS data set store anywhere. I'm Hanwin Lochran, also known as Han Solo, your friendly neighborhood co-host of the AWS podcast, and I'm joined by Jordan Dolman. Welcome. Pleasure to be here, Han. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do at Amazon Web Services? Sure. So I'm a senior product manager uh, with AWS, and I lead our high-performance file storage offerings, which includes Amazon File Cache and Amazon FSx for Lustre. Cool. Well, we're here to discuss a game-changing update with Amazon File Cache for file-intensive processing like media and entertainment and also HBC high-compute workloads. It's, again, a high-speed cache service on AWS designed for processing file data store in disparate location, including on-premises, which is incredible. I have so many questions. But first, back to basics. What is Amazon File Cache? So a lot of it's in the name. It's a high-speed cache that automatically imports and then temporarily stores data that's going to be used by your compute jobs on AWS. And with your data in the cache, your AWS compute cluster has access to that information at sub-millisecond latencies and up to hundreds of gigabytes per second of throughput. So that's interesting because one of the things I'm hearing about is cloud bursting. Like, what is that? That's right. So, you know, for certain workloads, what we've found is that customers uh, have a lot of compute and storage uh, existing capacity on premises for historical reasons, but they still want to take advantage of cloud capacity and agility. So as an example, they want to be able to burst their compute to the cloud for everything from chip design to video transcoding to genomics analysis. And what cloud bursting does, it allows you to augment on-premises compute capacity And it's really economical because you only purchase the cloud compute capacity required for the job. And this is actually one of the primary reasons why we designed Amazon File Cache. Very interesting. Yeah, because like I can imagine there's quite a bit of challenges that comes when you're trying to burst uh, that type of data into the cloud. So what are some of those challenges? Well, the first thing is your compute cluster on AWS needs to be able to access the data that you have on premises. In the case of data residing on a file server or network-attached storage, which is the most common scenarios on-premises, your compute on AWS would need to directly mount your on-prem storage in order to be able to access and process that data. But that creates a whole host of problems with high latencies and throughput limitations. You can think of having like a 10 gigabit per second direct connect from your data center to AWS with 10 or 30 milliseconds of latencies for every operation. So so speaking about that latency, right? So historically, what have customers done to address some of the latency and bottlenecks? Sure, well, if you imagine that you want to run a workload on AWS with data that's on-premises, 
you know, a couple of the things you might try is uh, doing a mass data copy from your data center to AWS before you start your workload. And that way, all of the data is in the cloud and you don't have the, that latency challenge or that throughput bottleneck. But there's a number of issues that come with that. The, the first is there's a lot of complexity in moving large amounts of data. The second is uh, it can actually take quite a bit of time and you can't really start your workload until the data's moved over. And so if you imagine having you know, 10 terabytes of data, uh, that could take two hours or more at typical 10 gigabit per second direct connect speeds. Another challenge is that you oftentimes customers have to copy more data than they need to run their workload. And that's because you don't always know exactly what files uh, are, are going to be accessed when your application kicks off. And so you end up having to move a superset of the data over. And that furthermore increases the time to transfer and the temporary cost of your storage that you're going to spin up on AWS. And so, you know, ultimately what this means is that, you know, you're moving 100% of your data instead of potentially 10% of your data that you might be needed to actually run your workflow. Gotcha. So what are some of the use cases that you're seeing? I know we touched on genomics and media processing, but what are some of the primary use cases you're seeing for Amazon FileCache? Sure. So, you know, ultimately, the, the main reason why we built FileCache was to support these cloud-bursting use cases. And so, you know, getting more specific here, uh, in the healthcare and life sciences space, uh, one use case you can imagine is customers who have uh, genomic sequencers who are generating terabytes of data every day. And they're trying to make that data easily accessible to AWS, but also provide the ability to process some of that data quickly. And so by creating file cache in the cloud and connecting it to their uh, on-prem storage, they can take the data from the sequencer, uh, bring it into Amazon file cache, process it, and then ultimately put it wherever it needs to be in the cloud from there. Uh, another use case is in uh, media rendering. Uh, a lot of small visual effects studios that have very uh, unpredictable workload needs. You know, you can think of uh, a movie getting into post-production and needing a lot of rendering work to, to occur. Being able to, to quickly take the, that data, bring it into AWS to uh, make use of the elasticity of AWS compute is incredibly valuable for those kinds of customers. And that is quite powerful to be able to render those type of uh, media files and uh, processing those high genomics uh, data in this capability is quite groundbreaking for sure. So with that, you know, what were some of the design goals for the file cache? So, you know, we always work backwards from customers. And if you think about these particular workloads, uh, we had three design goals that we wanted to meet. The first was it had to be fast because the, the entire goal is to complete projects faster. So you get to results more quickly and you pay for less compute time. Uh, the second was it had to be really easy to use. So no changes to customer workflows. Applications should just work with the data that's on a file system, which it's a lot of applications that might need to work with that data. And it should work with the cache just like it would if it had mounted the primary file system directly. Third, uh, it needs to be cost effective. And so we designed it to ensure that the cache itself is efficient at how, how it caches data, how it utilizes storage resources, and so to do so, file cache automatically manages the capacity in your cache. So it evicts no longer needed data and allows you to right-size the cache to your active working data set. And that's quite uh, incredible to be able to 
aggregate or pull all the data from the disparate locations from on-prem to AWS, it is quite um, uh, magical to see. So in terms of like the benefits, right? What are some of the benefits of the Amazon file cache? Yeah, ultimately it comes down to, to two big benefits. Uh, you know, the, the first is that you can use file cache to accelerate any on-prem or cloud data set processing when you're connecting to an NFS-based file system. And on-prem data actually stays on-premises, and so you don't have any requirement to permanently migrate to the cloud when you use file cache. Uh, the second is that file cache simplifies access to on-prem data sets and in-cloud data sets as well for, for NFS file systems. And so it just makes it easy to access your data wherever your compute resources might live, regardless of where your storage ultimately resides. Cool. So, I mean, it is clear that FileCache optimizes your compute resources and give you, like, you know, that lift, right? So can you give us some very specific examples about that? Sure. So, you know, I touched on uh, the media and entertainment industry and how they might be able to use Amazon FileCache to accelerate special effects and rendering jobs. Uh, in this case, we compared the time it took to process 100 frames of video with 100 EC2 instances, where those instances were consuming source data from either uh, an on-prem filer or from file cache connected to that on-prem filer. And what we found was that the workload consuming data from file cache completed 93% faster compared to the on-prem filer alone. And overall, this reduced the amount of time that the EC2 render nodes ran which resulted in about 10x lower cost for the workload compared to running directly from the on-prem filer. So that's really cool about the optimization of compute resources, that's for sure. But the question I have about the cache is, um, cache can be your friend and moral enemy uh, all at once, right? So when we're processing these files, right, how do you evict or you know handle stale file cache data? Sure. So when we designed Amazon File Cache, we were really thinking about the use case of static data sets. You can imagine data that's being generated by a camera or a genomic sequencer. And ultimately, we want to make that data available in the cloud. Amazon File Cache isn't quite designed to support you know, widespread collaboration of constantly changing data sets. Uh, you know, we're, we're already hearing from customers interest in how maybe Amazon File Cache might be able to evolve in the future to, to support that kind of use case. But for now, it's, it's really about bringing that data into the cloud and, and focusing on uh, accelerating those compute resources. Gotcha. Thank you for that clarification. So it's more of your steady state process media files that you need to uh, can do some level of, I would say, modifications and uh, especially with the genomic sequencing. So thank you for that clarification. That helps quite a bit. Um, so cool. So just how scalable is FileCache? FileCache is built as a scale-out storage solution. So as you increase the amount of storage that you provision, you increase the throughput as well. Uh, with FileCache, you can provision caches up to petabyte scale with hundreds of gigabytes per second of throughput and millions of IOPS. And what's really great is you can do that all with sub-millisecond latencies. And so, you know, ultimately the goal is to make sure that your compute doesn't spend any time waiting for data. Oh, cool. So, I mean, that, that sounds all like awesome and great, but, you know, do you have, I mean, do you have to change your existing workload to burst or cloud burst to the AWS FileCache? Nope. File cache can, can cache your uh, source data from your on-prem NFS filer. Uh, 
for workloads that run on-premises, you can burst to the cloud, have them read data directly from the cache at low latencies and high throughput without having to worry about the fact that your data may be located far away on-premises. File cache can cache data from one or even more on-prem NFS filers. So data directory structures, other properties like permissions and file metadata, those are all copied over into the cache. And as your applications access data in the cache, file cache will on-demand or kind of lazy load, bring in data from your on-prem filer. Uh, and so because the data is the same, the cloud workload does need to be modified for how it works to take advantage of file cache. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, with that, you know, the scalability of the uh, the file cache and uh, optimization we can do. The other side of the optimization is, you know, what, let's talk about price. Like, what does the file cache cost or how much does it cost? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked. You know, when people think about uh, high performance file storage, they, they often think that it has to be, you know, really expensive. But, but that's not really the case. So file cache's cache management functionality lets you provision storage and only pay for what you use and really need. So the pricing is $1.82 per terabyte hour. And so one thing to note is that uh, the data that's ingested into the cache is free as is transfer and I.O. costs between the EC2 instances and caches in the same availability zone. We also have optimized the cache since many workloads only use a portion of the data source. You can provision a cache to hold only your active working data set, so you don't have to have a, a cache you know, that's the same size as the, the total data that you have on-premises. Because we're also evicting data in the background, it means that you know you can keep that cache running and automatically release older data, making space for newer data as you continue to process your workload. And then finally, you know many of our customers uh, will further reduce their storage costs by creating and tearing down caches as their workloads demand. And so uh, the workflow for these spin up and spin down workloads would be that you provision a cache, provision your EC2 resources, connect the cache to your on-prem filer. And then right away, you can start processing data immediately. When you're done with, with the workload, you spin down your EC2 instances and your cache alongside. And uh, all of these together make file cache a really important part of any cost-optimized solution for compute-intensive workloads. Gotcha, gotcha. So the last question I have for you is, where can customers get more information? I mean, how, how do we get started? Sure. You can learn more about the benefits of cloud bursting with Amazon File Cache on aws.amazon.com slash filecache. Cool. So, uh, and uh, the link will be available in the show notes. And Jordan, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. And as always, we love to get your feedback. There is links on the show notes to submit your feedback. And until next time, keep on building.